Hello and welcome back to Poolside Podcast. My name's Derek. My name is Jay. And today we are reviewing the long-awaited Zombie 2 or Z2 by The Devil Wears Prada. Before we get into things, I just want to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at Poolside Podcast. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll get a bonus show called Broside Broadcast. And you'll get to compete in our weekly playlist challenges. And those are just so much fun. You all get to show us music. We grade it. And then we have a leaderboard. It's a fun time. Absolutely. So you can subscribe at patreon.com slash Podcast. Yes, sir. And every dollar from Patreon goes right back into the show here at Poolside Podcast. It really helps us out. Podcast platforms don't really give podcasters any revenue from the plays. So the support that the Patreon supporters give us is just greatly appreciated. Like, we can't thank you guys enough. For sure. If subscribing is just not for you, uh, however, if you could just support the show for completely free, just take a little screenshot Post it on social media, share our Spotify page, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The more our show grows, the more opportunities that are available to us. Absolutely, and we have some really cool things coming up for you all. As you all know, we're taking a break from Syncore Jeopardy, but trust me when I say we have much, much better things in the work, and we cannot wait to share those things with you. But with that said, let's get into this review, and... Let's give some context around Z2 or Zombie 2. So the first Zombie EP was released in August of 2010. So last year was just the 10 year anniversary. And I know that this wasn't a band that you really kept up with, Jay. They were never really much in your wheelhouse. But as a fan of Zombie EP especially, I was really surprised that they didn't do something last year. But now it makes sense why. Yeah, no, this was definitely a eye opener for me as far as the Devil Wars product goes. I never really cared much for them like back in the day when they were kind of like cutting edge before there was lots of saturation in the metalcore scene. I mean, that would leave them on, you know, I, right. I wouldn't go seeking it out. I liked, you know, plagues. But uh, yeah, past that, I was really just, I guess, disinterested. The scene wasn't really as developed back in 2010 as what it is now. And unless you were listening to Whitechapel or Suicide Silence at the time, the first zombie EP was probably the heaviest thing that you had listened to. Yeah, for sure. So basically, you know, we got some information about this release and the band described the original Zombie EP as five songs about how to fend off the apocalypse, while this EP is featuring five songs of the hopelessness against the horde. And I have to say, they did a pretty stellar job about that. The whole concept album thing is definitely something that's lost on me, but I really appreciate this because it's not its not something that you have to be like super involved in. It's not something that you have to relate to to get. It's like, I don't know, like a, like a little novel in song form. Right. And I think maybe it's just because my age, but the older I get, I appreciate releases like this more. We reviewed Brand of Sacrifice just two months ago, and that itself is a concept in a way. And I just enjoy that you don't have to be in any kind of particular mood to listen to it because it's not talking about like anxiety or depression. Like there may be underlying themes there, but the lyrics themselves don't talk about that. Right. And it, it adds like a fourth depth to, I guess, consuming this form of media. And I, I don't know. I really like that. I really like that there's all these little like Easter eggs that you can find in there, like alluding or, well, I guess preluding uh, back to the original zombie EP. Right. Um, and then, you know, you can kind of follow around in the story. If you were an OG, you kind of remember where it picks up. And then if you are a new listener like myself, you know, going back and re-listening to the original zombie EP was, you know, a great time because now I'm figuring all this stuff out for the first time. And I guess I understand it more because I was really young when that one came out so so tell us a little bit about where this band is now who the members are stuff like that so the devil wears prada has since been signed to solid state records uh their current members are mike Heronica on vocals jeremy depoister on vocals and guitar kyle cypress on guitar which i want to mention he looks like a metalcore version of john krasinski I could totally see that. That is such a good analogy there. No, that's that's spot on. Like, just think of The Office with Jim having a beard and long hair, because Kyle looks just like that. He totally does. 
which is even better. I wonder if that's what, like, what the hell was it? All, all the office references from the old The Devil Wears Prada Assistant things. Assistant to the regional manager? It, it all <laughs> yes. comes full circle. I get it now. I get the joke. Is Dwight Schrute in this band also? I surely hope so. Yes, it is. Assistant to the regional manager. Same thing. Jeez. <laughs> On bass, we have Mason Nagy. Uh, keyboard and synthesizers, we have Jonathan Gehring. And finally, on drums, we have Giuseppe. I think it's Giuseppe. Giuseppe? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if I butchered your name. <laughs> Capalupo. There we go. That That is the whole band. It's quite a few members. I, right, I did not right. realize that the Devil Wears Prada had such a roster. That's, that's six people. So getting into our recurring likes and dislikes, because we like to talk about these things before we get into the individual songs. That way we're just not redundant the entire episode throughout. Something that I really enjoy about this EP is that with their theme of hopelessness, you really feel that in Jeremy's clean vocal parts in the EP. And in the heavy parts, you feel this relentlessness that you could really imagine like a horde of zombies. So not only are they saying that it's a theme that's present in this, but you can feel that and hear that in the instrumental and vocal. So I love that. Yeah, especially in Mike's. Mike does, I, I think, an exceptional job um, kind of conveying that that feeling of hopelessness, that feeling of urgency, that feeling of just like tired, you know, right. like just anger for no reason, tired. And I don't know. He conveys it very well. They're both very good. I guess voice actors maybe isn't the correct term there, but uh, it, it's very believable. And I don't just throw around the term artistry just to anyone. So I feel like not only being told that it's about a certain topic, but also feeling that in the instrumental and vocals, that's a whole other level of artistry in their music. Absolutely. So what about you? What's some things that you liked about this or disliked even? So I, I had quite a few. Um, a lot of them are tonal based and mix based. So, I mean, guitar tone, first of all, has, I think, in my opinion, dramatically increased for the better. Oh, yeah. Especially bass. Also, I, I think bass was definitely like drowned out in Old Devil Wears mm -hmm. Prada. This one, it's it's present. It even has like its own bass part in one of the songs. So that the drum mix on this clear, concise, articulate, absolutely wonderful. And the keyboard and atmosphere in here is pro level. The Devil Wears Prada has always kind of been... I guess on the cutting edge, incorporating keys and synth into their musical style. Mm -hmm. So I definitely expected that to be a comeback and comeback they did. So that's great. As far as dislikes, my only real dislike is with Mike's vocals. He tends to like trail off a little bit. And I know Devil Wears Prada fans, like that's kind of a, a hallmark of the Devil Wears Prada is Mike's vocals. But for me, I don't know. It just gets old after a little bit, but I don't think it's detrimental. I I'm not going to negatively uh, grade any of these songs for that. Definitely. And I feel like you're spot on. And that's the case for like a lot of bands. If if you can't really get down with the vocalist, then it's going to impact the rest of your experience with that band. I can see why you will have had a problem maybe in the past, but I feel like where his vocals are now are probably more approachable for you. And maybe for some other listeners. I mean, not to get too deep into it, but what I thought in the past was, which I guess I should have realized it by the time the act came out, but what I thought in the past was it was inexperience or refusal to do it correctly. Yeah. And what I realized on this one is that that is much, very much so not the case, and that is just his own style and... You know what? It is unique. Even if I didn't like it, even if it was, I guess, just congruently bad, it is unique. And nobody else does that because everybody else is trying to do it so perfectly. So in its own way, it kind of works. All right. So I feel like we've given our listener a pretty good idea of how we feel about this EP. But let's get into the specifics on each song. And if you're new to the way that we review EPs and albums, we'll give a song one point if we like a song and have minimal complaints. We'll give a song half a point if we like some of the stuff on there, but we also had some issues with it. And we'll give the song zero points if the song hurts the overall album, doesn't fit, or just isn't good in our personal opinion. All right. So first up on this EP, we have Nightfall. Nightfall. 
So this song comes in heavy and thrashy just immediately. Like a motherfucking cannon. Does not give you even a second. And it reminds me of a zombie movie. Because in a zombie movie, you don't get a build-up to the action. You just get an intense scene right away to hook you. You're in the action right away. And then it's like, oh, here's the story after that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we said earlier, this is you know a concept album about zombies. And very much so, uh, as you said, this just takes the fuck off. It is very violent. It is very in-your-face. And I, I feel like that is a perfect symbology uh, to a zombie movie. I mean, I, like I get the Walking Dead vibes right out of the bat. And let me just say that main riff feels like it will be a metalcore staple for years to come. Oh, yeah. Just excellent. And they use it throughout the song as a transition. And it's just one of those really well used uh, repeating elements that they always like kind of come back to it. Maybe it's the main part or just the transitioning part, but great songwriting. It is great songwriting. If this were done in any other way, I think I'd actually call that a con. Yeah. But I think they definitely danced the line a little bit and I think it's tasteful how they kind of brought it back a couple times mm-hmm. They'd slow it down, speed it up. And then you're like, Oh shit, we're back at the same riff again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How'd you do that? But no, this thing takes off melts face and then just like gently wraps you in a sinister hug with yeah. like no bad touch <laughs> yeah all right and then snaps the neck with the chug line like just thick enough <laughs> to like priceless. make shampoo bite his lip highly sus like it's just it's amazing i absolutely love it that is my also my favorite description i think i've ever written <laughs> and the song never stays on any part for too long which just keeps the song engaging which is impressive for a song that's four and a half minutes long. So there's several songs out there that by three minutes in, like I'm pretty bored, but by the end of this, I'm like, Oh, this is over already. You know, coming into this hearing nightfall for the first, I didn't really listen to uh, termination that much outside of the review that mm-hmm. we did when it came out as a single. Right. So I waited night for nightfall uh, to come out on the EP before I listened to it. Cause I wanted to hear it as a whole. And I think I could listen to the song on repeat for like days. Now, something else that I like about this song is the vocals are layered in a way that doesn't feel crowded, but they're appropriately saturated. Like, you get exactly what you need to hear of this. They're thick because you have Mike who's screaming on top. And something that we had mentioned on the Termination Review back on the Singles of the Week is that Mike feels more like a true frontman on this EP And I appreciate that because Jeremy in the past, his vocals would come in and they were kind of high pitched and jarring for anyone who wasn't like really prepared or didn't really care for that style so much. So the singing isn't in your face on the CP. It's present and melodic and necessary. And honestly, I don't think the song would be as catchy as it is without the clean vocals in the chorus. No, they definitely play like that yin and yang, dark light, you know, evil good kind of comparison there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I'd appreciate Mike's vocals as much without Jeremy and vice versa, Um, especially in this aspect where it's just, you know, balls to the wall heavy the whole time, pretty much. Um, So, yeah, definitely they've worked on pairing. They've worked on kind of that synergistic way of just making their their vocals work together super, super well Mm -hmm. in that contrast. Another thing dynamic in this is very much so happening, <laughs> like right. very, very impressive, like dynamic like this. I, you know, I save this in my special reserve box where it sits after the burial and Polaris. So very impressed there. And speaking of dynamics, the part where Mike says, can you make it till dawn with the chugs <laughs> leading up to the breakdown are literally the heaviest thing I've ever heard from this band. And I love it. Like I can't wait until it gets to that part in the song. It's just, I don't have enough words of just, it makes me excited. I want to see this live and Oof. not just the live stream because I know we watched that. That's a whole experience of its own. And Again, can't say enough good things about it. Absolutely. And the last lyrics of the song says, they rise at nightfall. That just reminds me of the movie I Am Legend. I was thinking the same ass thing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
I'm glad we got to that same conclusion because to me, it kind of gives you an idea that maybe these aren't necessarily your traditional zombies because in zombie one, it kind of seemed like they're just your run of the mill zombies, but not so much now that we get more lore to it. Yeah, no, this is very much so like big danger. Like this is, there is a predator after you, For sure. you know, instead of like, I don't, I don't know. I, I like to think like, if there was like zombies from the fifties, you know, where they're just like, Oh, yeah. you know, like honestly, that'd kind of be fun. Like I could easily outrun <laughs> yeah. that, but we're, if we're talking, I am legend zombies. Like, dude, I am fucked. Like I am, I am the first one dead. Okay. Right. I am not about to unrun those suckers. Was there anything that you didn't like about this song? No, no, this is just like an absolute perfect mesh of just modern metal core from an OG powerhouse. And you can't go wrong there. Absolutely. I have no con for this. This gets a point all day. And something uh, that's popular that both you and Blake both say is I would give this two points if I could. I, I absolutely would give this two points if I could. This is this is going down as a in the favorite bin for sure. Let's go on to the next song. The next song up on the CP is Forlorn. All right, so that was Forlorn. That intro just, like, preps you for that ear assault, and I love it. Like, just coming off of uh, coming off of Nightfall, that's just, like, neat to just get that, like, just super somber intro, and then it's just, like, gets you. And I think it's going to be another staple in something that guitarists learn whenever they go to learn metalcore. And, like, that's pretty huge because you think of, like, classic riffs like Metallica or, like, I don't know, smoke on the water. Yeah. I think this will be something that people go to to learn guitar. And I think that speaks volumes to where the Devil Wears Prada is in their career because they are back to being pretty much a powerhouse in this scene. I love how effortlessly it seems that this came out. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot of hard work. But yeah. like, I love how they just like, all right, yeah, I guess we'll get up. Like, you rolled over, threw out absolute fucking bangers, and then, you know, that was it. <laughs> right, and on the live stream, they showed Kyle playing this, and it just looked like he loved playing the riff. The dude was just straight up vibing to it. See, like, that's another thing. You can just, you can feel how into it this band is, and mm. it's, it's not something you can, like, I can't point at it, I can't show you exactly where it's at, you just have to, like, feel it. And that, in with the story, also, um, kind of going back to that concept album thing, like, Yes, the vocalists are telling you the story, but like I feel like the drums are also incorporated into the story and the uh, attack on the guitar is also incorporated into the story. Like I I feel like I'm listening to a play and it's just being played on guitar. Like it's a really interesting take on it. And mm -hmm. I feel like they were all super, super into it, uh, which is awesome. But this really just has like that roller coaster esque feel and that. It's just like the climb is that little arp in the instrumental break mm -hmm. with uh, I guess it's just Giuseppe and Mike and then the full band comes in and like plays the arp part. Like yeah. that's mm, so expert, like just so, so well done. And I have to give them credit for just not repeating the same style riff as Nightfall because, you know, in metalcore bands tend to like just write the same riff and just changed like a few notes in it. That's not the case here. Like not only did they not stay in the same note range, but just the style of it, the rhythm, like the cadence, this is something else. So even though this also starts heavy, you can tell it's a song of its own. Yeah, no, definitely. This one has like an entirely different syncopation. And I mean, just like that absolute like heel to face feeling of it is just amazing. Like I I, I love coming off of a high energy song mm -hmm. into another high energy song. And it just like flows effortlessly, which is like something we found a lot in that Brand of Sacrifice review we did. Yeah. And again, this is perfectly executed. Like I, I couldn't tell you a way to make this better. I don't know one. And dynamics 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 oh my god because you cannot go from a song like nightfall into forlorn 
without those dynamics. And getting into that, this is the song where we start hearing that desperation of fighting off the horde Mm -hmm. because the lyrics say, we've lost control, we're in a panic. And Mike just performs those lines perfectly. You can actually feel the tones of panic in his voice. Yeah, like I don't think any other vocalist could have pulled that part off as well as he did. Like it just sounds like he's just been yelling for day, which I mean probably had <laughs> right, probably probably was. But uh, no, it, you, you can just like tell it, it's very like exhausted sounding, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like lazy. It's not like bad. It's making me believe that part, and it's good writing. That's exactly what it is. And the chorus literally creates an image in your head of the group being overwhelmed by a horde of zombies by giving you that sense of desperation. And I mean, we'll continue to say, even though we said it in our recurring likes and dislikes, but Jeremy and Mike did a great job on their performances of the course of this song specifically. I just feel like if they had recorded these parts any differently, it may have not been delivered as well. I I definitely agree. Like that, uh, the vocal and key reprise in there is just so well done. It's just Mm -hmm. such a, such a good contrast to that. And then, so they've kind of incorporated that newer style, like down tempo picking that, you know, is very popular right now, Mm -hmm. but it's not like ripped off. It's not like anybody else is doing that. It's just like a smorgasbord of just power tones and experience that's going on here. And I I congratulate them for recognizing that and putting it together. And they use that style more to create like a groove in the music Mm -hmm. rather than to just trying to be heavy because a lot of bands doing that are just trying to be heavy, but there's no groove to it. Right. No, this has like swing to it. Like you want to get into it. You're moving with it. Like I was, you know, swinging my head to it in the car the other day. It just works. It works so well. They just got that formula, dialed it in just right. Drums on this. I mean, that snare smack in there just sets it off. It's just that little little bit of spice you need, you know? That was something that I was going to mention. I was just waiting for you to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love that. Like, it's just, it's just so well done. It just, it's an accoutrement to the guitar and the vocal parts. It all just like syncopates perfectly. And I love it. It, It's just couldn't be done any better. So this will definitely be one of my top ones this year. Now, this song does have a lot of chugs, but they're not used as a cop out to not write something better because the chugs in this help give the song the dynamic that we've talked about and the aggression in a way that most people probably thought that this band had lost on albums such as The Act and also Transit Blues. Yeah, no, this definitely isn't uh, taking the easy way out. It's just, I don't know, I, I feel like it's just to build that aggression and stuff. Absolutely. So did you have any cons for this? Absolutely not. As I said earlier, this is this is going to be one of my favorites. So I did have two cons, and the first one would be the uh, lyrics, complete retreat since the outbreak. For whatever reason, this line in the lyrics is just a little too forward for me. This is zombie too, so I don't think they necessarily have to spell things out that it's like about zombies. I don't know. That's just me being picky, though. Not a huge deal. And then this song is just a tad repetitive for being four minutes. I could see that. Yeah, I, I guess they did recycle quite a bit, but uh, I, I'm not going to like knock them for it at this point. I just wish that maybe they had like written an actual outro because they end the song on the chorus. Yeah, yeah, that is a little bit of a cop out maybe. But not a huge deal. Still a great song. So you gave the song one point? Absolutely, all day. I gave the song one point as well. So next up we have Termination. So talk about perfect placing for the song, because if it's perfectly as a third song. Absolutely. I mean, this is like, you know, you're climbing the mountain with uh, with Nightfall and Forlorn, but like this is the fucking peak. 
Like they went full on. Like there's there's a lot of deathcore elements in here, and absolutely, I would not put them in that genre. Definitely not. This goes pretty fucking hard, though. Right? There's blast beats in this. Yes. Yeah. No. This this is wonderful. And that phased chug in there, like I love seeing phaser. I love that that's coming yeah. back. It's always been my favorite. It's just felt like a guilty pleasure that I never showed anybody. But like, it just works so well. I love it. It adds like that like grungy electrical like feeling to it like you know like they just turned on the power and zombies or something like that you know and i don't know i I think it adds like a another depth to that whole like zombie apocalypse like this is a a concept it's dirty it's grungy they finally found shelter and like Mm -hmm. now they're being barotted so I, i like it and i can hear why this song was the lead single from the cp because structurally this is the most straightforward i definitely agree it is very uh very like castle-esque and very uh i don't know i guess symmetrical right good word for it and instrumentally this song is not really intricate whatsoever but they use the rhythm between guitar and drums that once again it gives it that groove throughout the song and in different parts there's symbols that hit on the offbeat and it just gives it almost kind of like a dancey feel and i don't know it just makes you want to like groove to it so it's fun to listen to i entirely i wouldn't change it for a second but i entirely wish that there was like an i set my friends on fire just surprise techno breakdown in this just like right in the middle the synth lead leading into the chorus is just a nice element to transition from the verse into the chorus it's very simple but it's effective i'm guessing it was probably jonathan who did that but those added effects and everything, the synth, but not only the synth, the effects of like sound effects that are going on really just take it over the top. Like they they give the track some life. They give it uh, more than just like we're just going to go heavy for no fucking reason. Like it, it makes it a production at that point. Absolutely. Also, drums and bass absolutely killed this song. Like, you know, a lot of this album is very guitar centric, very vocal centric drums and bass this was their track it was just like satisfying it was fast it just like pleased the ear and i absolutely love that i think that bassist deserves some recognition too and it was just done absolutely lovely so great job did you have any cons for this song so this is this is the one and only time i'll say it mike's vocal trail offs get old that last guttural i i know like some people like that. It's just like Mike's style, but like I think it could have been done better. And I get that. He only really does it on this song, but it's like that descending scream that I just don't care for so much. Yeah, no, I did not care for it at all. I think that it would have added value to the song if it was, you know, like Kyle Anderson from Brand of Sacrifice style, right. like just guttural off into that. If it was like a Phil Bozeman style guttural off into that, which... His gutturals are not that hard to do. Right. Maybe hard to perfect because obviously he is Phil Bozeman. But, you know, um, I I think that something like deeper, more refined, much cleaner would have made that trail off work much better. But I'm not going to knock him for it. Now, the only other con that I have for this song, again, it's kind of nitpicky, but it's the melody for the lyrics we've met our before it like finishes the line in the chorus. It just feels too predictable as the follow-up melody after We Didn't Choose Violence. Yeah, no, after you hear it, like, the first time, like, it's just like, mm. This definitely isn't one that, like, I'll be coming back to this album for, mm-hmm. for, I guess, that kind of reason. Like, it, it just seems like the odd duck, you know? Our co-producer Blake is staring at us right now, mouthing that he <laughs> likes it. So, So some people like it. Again, it's just nitpicky for us. Right. This comes down to like a taste thing and we're not grading based on taste. Right. But point wise, what do you give this? I gave us a whole point. Objectively, this was a great song. It was well produced. It did exactly what it was supposed to. And they did a great job writing it. For sure. I gave this song one point as well. So the next song up on the CP is Nora.
So, Derek, what is the story behind Nora? I could not really find anything on it. And I'm, again, not the biggest of Devil Wears Prada fans. So is there a story behind the name Nora? So I'm not sure specifically about the name Nora, but I think the reason that they wrote this song was to kind of give maybe a third party perspective about just someone else going through this apocalypse. So it like makes it personable. It makes it human for them. Maybe this is like a little too forward thinking, but it would be interesting if there was a zombie three or a Z three where they talked about a different character, because it seems like this is just like a little bird's eye view. Like this is something that someone else is going through. Right. Wasn't there like some kind of graphic accoutrement, like a graphic novel or something that went wrong with the the zombie EP album? There was. And it would be interesting if they were to continue this, because I think that while like concepts are not new by any means, I think that this band has a very established like story with the zombie EP. Yeah. And I don't know, even though that zombies are kind of like beat into the ground at this point, they're like doing a very good job at reviving the interest because they're writing it well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is this is definitely like early The Walking Dead. Like this is this is some good like quality stuff going on in here. And I feel like the heaviness of this and just the absolute velocity of this album um, really paints a very brutal picture. And I don't think I would appreciate it as much coming from anyone else. And going back to the story side of this song, there's the lyrics. Each town tells a different story. So again, going back to maybe there's a zombie three and there's another character, maybe Nora and this other character meet. Who knows? But I feel like there is definitely potential for more narrative there. I hope his name is like like super, super fucking plain like Brad. Nora and Chad. Like Ben has a kid from uh, with roots above and branches below. And he meets up with Nora and they kill zombies and shit. And then Ben becomes assistant to the regional manager with Kyle, who is Metalcore John Krasinski. Damn. Shit. We figured it out, bro. <laughs> we should have sold the story to the band. Now they hear it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. Well, Ben, this one's on us. You can, you can take that. Just okay. just give us the credit. All right, so let's get into Dora. Uh, I think this comes off termination with this just really cool vibe from that modulated bass going on. That's that dubstepy sounds. That's a new word for you. That's exactly what came to mind when I first heard it. It is called modulated bass. Sometimes oscillating bass. But yeah, dubstepy noises. The drums and guitar just come in. It's like... I couldn't put my finger on it because it's none of these things, but it's also all of these things. And that thing is Gojira, Slayer, Tool, and Mastodon kind of put together. Right. Is the vibe I get from it. But I get that because there's this like very complex style strumming pattern going on in there. It's not that the chords themselves are, I guess, complex at all. It's just that strumming pattern, that rhythm. There's something to it. The song, again, starts heavy, but it's again, distinguishable from the other songs on this. So it's just nice that they can do heavy, but in different styles that stick out. But it's followed by the ominous, creepy singing with the bass and drum part. So they had the ability to retool their own sound and keep it fresh. I I can point to very few albums that have something that, you know, goes from like, traditional like metalcore staples into something like this that sounds like you know power core it's like it kind of has like that power thrashy metal to it you know and it it just like it's so full of energy it makes you want to get up and fight move like this is a gym song for me and I, i don't know i really appreciate it the uh the synth and like bass and drum track just gives it like a much needed breath yes it's very perfectly timed in there like everything is just meticulously uh, placed and I, I really appreciate that. I think that it comes right back in, like right after that whole like I don't know break if you want to call it. Right, comes right back in, cements that grueling chug line once again, and just oof, just it, it was just so well done. I, I absolutely love it. And the subtle choir behind the relentless chugs are just cherry on top of what's <laughs> already a very complete picture. Like, you got the milkshake, you got the whipped cream, 
you don't even need the cherry on top. Like they could have not even put those in there, but it makes it even better because they did. They not only painted you a full picture, this song is like a movie in its own and it just absolutely rips. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. And I think that you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not at least picking up Nora. It's the most aggressive and relentless song on this EP, but it continues the feelings of desperation with the clean vocals. And they just did an excellent job with the back and forth with it being the most aggressive. But whenever it's clean parts, it's desperation. So I couldn't ask for this to be any better. And the tone and vibe of the song gives it the next to the last song kind of feel because it's not quite over yet. No, it definitely like it's setting you up for completion. Like that beat down towards the the end of the middle, like you can kind of like feel like, you know, we're we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's definitely something after this. And I feel like it's tied up perfectly. Like I feel like it'll just be nice little bow on top, pat. Let's go ahead and give our grades for this song. What did you give this? And did you have any cons? I had no cons. Did you have any cons? I had no cons. I just kind of assumed you didn't either. We got number ones all day, baby. So next up, we have Contagion. Let's take a listen. So the intro of Contagion feels very much like final act of a movie, which is very suiting because like I said, on Nightfall, it feels like the beginning of a movie, the way that it comes in so aggressive, but in Contagion, it starts slow and then it transitions into a final push into the horde. I love that like cinematic effects coming in. Like it's not the first time that they've done that, but at this point, for some reason, it just means a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. But like just that intro coming right off of Nora, those keys come in. It's just like somber. It's cold. Like they're just looking out upon like just, just hordes and hordes of zombie. And there's like mist rolling in and it's like awkward and cold, you know, (laughs) like you can just see it. It's awkward and cold. It's not just cold. Yeah. It was like dark and like, Ben kissed somebody, but it was actually Frank and he thought it was Nora, but Frank's like secretly into it. Now it's Uh, like weird for Nora, you know, just that piano in the intro. It's a classic element to this band. So it ties me back to maybe like louder than thunder. So that's what it reminds me of. And Jeremy's cleans sound better than ever because it doesn't feel like he's really pushing to go to maybe not strain his voice, but it feels more natural. It does. It it definitely feels like at home is what I want to call it. Sure. Um, It feels like he was very sure of himself, very confident coming in here. And I mean, those cleans are just like soaring. They have those little added voices in there. It just Mm -hmm. works super, super well. Like, just don't stop doing that because it worked flawlessly. Like those clean vocals are some of the best I've heard this year. Absolutely. And guitar wise, the riffs throughout the song are cohesive and transition well, going in and out of each other and their use of certain riffs also help progress the song. So it's not just riff salad because they use the riffs in very intentional ways. And while this is very guitar driven music, the focus is still very much on the vocals and telling the story in this. And I know that Transit Blues and the act, you know, those deserve their own recognition. But this is the first time the band has really sound, sounded this way, I think, since Chris Ruby was in the band. And even like when he was in the band, I don't think I ever heard them pull off riffing quite as well as they do on the CP. No, those transitions and those riffs are a fucking flawless. Like... I, I don't even know what to compare them to. Like, seriously, they, they trade off each other so freaking well. And it's either like, I, I don't know, like, I guess one person maybe wrote it and was like, okay, you get this part. And these are, I, I couldn't coordinate two people that well and get something that sounds like this. Like, using either like a played fill or a pinch, like, to transfer over riffs yeah. in the track swing. That is genius. Expert level songwriting right there. 
And right before the breakdown, I'm not sure if you heard it, you have to really be listening to it, but you just hear run. And then it goes into the breakdown. Oh, I did not. It goes hard as fuck. That's just one of those little Easter eggs because like I was listening to it on my uh, AirPods. I was like, wait, did I just hear something? And then the next time I was listening, I heard it. I was like, oh, that's good. Because hmm. it's not obvious, but like once you hear it, you're like. Can we, can we get like a little snippet right here? It'll be like half a second because it's just fast. It's just like, run. <laughs> but yeah, so they come in, they have that like triplet riff that starts around a minute 28. Yeah. Is it triplets or is it 30 second notes? Probably 30 second notes if I had to guess. But everyone calls them triplets anyway. So why not just 30 second triplets? So that pattern, it's like a very percussive picking pattern. And I love doing it. Yes. Because you can just like slam your hand pretty much and get yeah. those. Like it's just. Mm. But yeah, I, I entirely get why they did that. Like just glancing off the strings. Like it just like bounces against the drums and bass so well i've never had anything like a full band to like put that with it's always been like me playing on a drum track or me writing the bass part and in which case you know that doesn't really work but like just hearing it like somebody else do it and do it so correctly like mm, it was just like such a such a great feeling it just really like builds that energy and i'm so happy i got to see it in action and i'd mentioned a breakdown but the real breakdown here is upset the sickness and if that doesn't make you want to just run through a wall i don't know what will like right after the three minute mark it just like drives this motherfucker home like yes i hope this has like lots of music videos that come out like be it like graphic be it you know live or something like that but Mm -hmm. i want to see like what's going on when that hits i definitely want one for that i know one came out for forlorn i didn't get the chance to check that out today but I can only imagine it's as high quality as what this EP has done. And just to finish up Contagion, I just want to say they did kind of go back to 2010 for a second and hit. they just hit the fuck out of the China at the very end. Like they cranked that sucker and that was intentional. <laughs> you know it was. No cons for me on this one. That is That is a perfect song in my opinion. Absolutely. No cons from me either. So let's get into our total grade. What was your total grade for this? It's got a whopping five smackaroonies out of five smackaroonies. That's a perfect score. Five for five for me as well. That is a tire 10 smackaroonies, my boys. So I can only imagine you'll be listening to this again. Yes, but I will only listen to Forlorn outside of the album. I think that all of these songs belong together and that listening to them like outside of the album is kind of doing them a disservice, although they are all good by themselves. I think that they are way better as a complete like set. And it's only 20 minutes long, so it's entirely possible to do that. Oh, yeah. Very doable. I mean, I, I live in New Jersey. It takes me 20 minutes to drive five miles. So <laughs> right. Like, I do that regularly. Um, right. Like, my drive to work is 20 minutes. So I love, like, having albums where I'm like, okay, I have to go this long. Oh, this album is this long also. So I just throw that on. And by the time I arrive, like it's finishing up. So like, that's just perfect. I frequent those uh, 20, 30 minute drives quite often. So I, you know, this is definitely going to be a favorite in my part. So how did this compare to what you were expecting? So this exceeded expectations wildly because this could have gone one of two ways. One would be... They delivered perfectly like what they did on this. And the other possible scenario is that they just released something that flopped and it would have diluted Zombie, the first one, because like they had to follow up something that is arguably their biggest piece of work. And this is a hot take. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy for this, but this exceeds Zombie 1 for me. Just because in this They focus on songwriting, and this just feels like a more cohesive, more complete piece of work, whereas Zombie 1, it's great, but there's definitely elements that show there are things of its time. You can hear 2010. Uh, For me, you know, honestly, I came into this expecting, like, a slight update to the act. You know, obviously, 
an update to the zombie EP, but it's been quite a bit of time. You know, we've advanced and things, sounds have changed. So I expected that, but I really expected the tonality of the act. I expected the, I don't know, like very limp, I'm going to call it velocity of transient blues. I know that's some people's favorite, but I just doesn't do it for me. Something that I would like to challenge you on is have you gone to listen to the act transit blues or even spacey piece since listening to this no so i haven't gone back and i i do intend to because i did and the experience is completely different let me tell you really because i mean there's there's quite a bit of the act that i did enjoy like chemical i mean i frequent that fucking frequently like like a whole lot uh that was i think in my top 20 last year just like number of plays and i just you know i don't mention it because we have to be on the cutting edge of new stuff but i i really love that song i love just like screaming it and you know transient blues like i don't know none of them really really stuck i guess uh the condition was was up there i I don't know It, it just not a whole lot of it really resonated with me. But, you know, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to listen to this and be like, eh, it's okay. So let's talk about album artwork. It's pretty simple. Did you like it? I think it was interesting. It's original. There's not a lot of people doing this right now. It certainly, like, breaks the mold of, like, weeping flowers, sacred geometry, bad Photoshop renders. Like, oh, right. <laughs> I, I dig it. Like, it continues the theme of just being something basic because... The thing that was so good about the first zombie EP was that it was just power lines. It was basic, but at the same time, because it was kind of like foggy, it gave you that sense of like being ominous. Right. Yeah, it was ominous. But like the cathedral for zombie two is like there's shade in the front part of the picture, but in the back there's like some light. So maybe this is just me looking a little bit too far into it, but there's that darkness, but at the end there's like a light. Okay. Okay. Normally I don't look into like art that much, but you know. I like to look at it as like, so they've told this story and now we're like looking into where they were and this is where they were holed up. Right. Was in this cathedral. You know, and we're looking back on this as like a historical event or a visitor to this place after everything's already happened. And this is what's left over um, is what I get out of it. And honestly, I really hope we get a part three, because at this point, I'm fully invested in this story that they're writing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd buy this like I intended to buy this, but it sold out. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have an extra one I could I could hook you up with. Okay. Um, So what were your favorite songs off this album? My two favorite songs off this album were Nightfall. It just doesn't get better than that. And also, you'll be surprised by this, but Termination. Really? I I am kind of surprised by that. Just the grooves in that song and the fact that, you know, it's the first Devil Wears Prada song that I've liked in several years. It's just, it got me hooked. It got me back into this band and I think it's a song that you could show someone maybe getting into metalcore and it would be acceptable because it's just more straightforward. Okay, I could definitely agree with that. My favorites were, first of all, Dora. I think that that is a very unique song. Mm-hmm. I am a huge Gojira. Well, I wouldn't say huge Gojira fan. I listen to <laughs> Gojira pretty often. Yeah. But I definitely listen to Mastodon every day. And uh, I, I definitely get those vibes from there. And I appreciate that. And then second, uh, I'll have to say Contagion with a very, very close honorable mention to Forlorn. I mean, the whole thing is great. So it's hard to p- like, pick, if I pick a favorite. Three, it's already most of it. So like... <laughs> So one thing that I didn't mention about Nora is that I'm not sure if you're familiar with the song, but it gives me Slipknot Narrow Forte vibes. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Just like more aggressive, like upbeat. And I know that they're fans of Slipknot, so I think it's possible that there was some influence there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think Slipknot has a very like raw sound and I I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's just like very abrasive, I guess. I'm so glad that we reviewed this EP. It's nice that we're getting new music in 2021 because the last new album review we did was back in March, the Brand of Sacrifice Lifeblood album review. And if you've not checked that out, listeners, definitely go do that. If you've not listened to that album, go listen to it. 
Yeah, no, it is an absolute work of fucking art. Uh, just the production work in that is insane. But for the Dev Wars Prada, like I said, if you've not gone back to Transit Blues or The Act after listening to Zombie 2, I strongly recommend it because I feel like the bitter taste in people's mouth with this band is that they just wanted something heavy. And now that we've been giving something heavy, it's a little bit easier to excuse the softer, slower music. I, I never minded it in the aspect that it was softer, slower, because I mean, I, I do like slower music. Mm-hmm. You know, you can give me an R&B track, you know, tell me that this is like, you know, about your person, about your experiences and stuff like that. Like, I'll still appreciate that entirely. It's just like just quality wise, the aesthetic that they had, the execution of it just mm-hmm. never really just resonated with me so i'll definitely be going back though and giving it a listen now that it, like i found this new appreciation for my Kerenica. that was my biggest turnoff so I, I think that it'll be much more doable now now that I, I i understand what he's getting at but before we go i just want to give a big thank you to everyone who listened to the full episode and i want to give an even bigger thank you to all of our patreon supporters we love you guys and appreciate your support so much you guys make this show possible and uh, yeah, we just we just absolutely love you guys. So thank you. So with that said, that was our review of the Devil Wears Prada newest EP, Z2, Zombie 2. And we hope you enjoyed. My name's Derek. My name is Jay. And you'll hear us next Tuesday.